Welcome to another episode here at the Mask and Health Solutions Podcast. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. And once again, I thank you for tuning in to another episode here at the MHS Podcast. And today's episode, oh man, it was, I, I love talking about this subject. You guys already know. And at the beginning of me starting this podcast, it was always to talk about, you know, the truth in male enhancement, right? And I had none other than AJ Big Al Alfaro on the show to discuss just that, right? He is a recognized leader in the male enhancement industry with over, man, in the past two decades, he's helped thousands of guys reach their male enhancement goals from increasing size, stamina to quality and so much more. And, you know, girth, anybody here in the girth department, like I've said before, you know, it's big for the ladies. So <laughs> he's a guy that specializes in helping other dudes basically reach their goals. And what I loved about the conversation that I had with him is that he was he basically broke it down. and He talked about it from a place of honesty. Right. And that's the thing that I loved about his approach is that he makes a, a program for you to follow. And one of the things that he emphasized is that you don't need all kinds of crazy equipment. You guys know me, I've dropped more than $1,000 on this stuff because, hey, you know what? I'm at a place where I kind of need to get more in my gym, so to speak, right? But he talks about how at the very beginning, you don't need anything. And that's the one thing that I've gotten in my Instagram feed as well. You do not need anything other than your hands, your discipline, and maybe a little bit of lube. And he even talks about how the gel isn't a necessity all the time and how you can make certain programs without, you know, a lot of the exercises that we see that, you know, are crucial. However, he breaks it down and talks about how you don't necessarily always got to do it in this way. The man has been helping people out for over two decades. So believe you me, I mean, he has a wealth of knowledge that, you know, for me, like I said before, uh, you know, I, I love this subject and I love getting the truth about this subject out there, which is kind of why I'm so passionate about it, right? Because there's a whole lot of crazy gimmicks and a whole bunch of crazy stuff that everybody's trying to sell you. You don't necessarily need it. However, there is a way and a, and a time and obviously, you know, certain techniques will require these, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Tools, so to speak. But he talks about, you know, the foundations about how you should implement, you know, different things into your regimen. And um, like I said before, man, he's a coach. He's a coach that's been doing this for a long, long time and has helped thousands and thousands of guys reach their goals. So, you know, he's been everywhere, you know, Mel Magazine. I mean, this guy is a legend. So be sure to check him out. And he is the man behind me, Coach, right? MailEnhancementCoach.com. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you click the description that I've added in the link below. All right, without any further ado, let's go. Penis enhancement may seem like a difficult endeavor. However, me coach makes it simple. We all know the best way to reach your goals as fast as possible is with a coach. Me Coach offers you just that by giving you an individualized, tailor-made plan specific to your needs. Me Coach has helped thousands of clients improve erectile quality, increase penis length, penis girth, and has helped men improve their sexual stamina, 
to last a whole lot longer. Me Coach is about actually helping you every step of the way in your penis enlargement journey, unlike many of the crazy gimmicks you may see online. What sets Me Coach apart is the approach. First off, you will get your program created for you by AJ Big Al Alfaro and his team of trusted professionals who have been helping men in the PE realm for decades. They put their expertise into making your program. By using Me Coach, you will have AJ every step of the way to make sure you're exercising safely and effectively to reach your goals. Me Coach focuses on seeing you get to where you want to go in the safest, most efficient way possible. Me Coach also helps men suffering from abnormal curvatures in their penises by using specialized techniques to straighten things out. If you are ready to take your penis enhancement to the next level, you can totally try it out now, risk-free. Now, if you get started, it will start off with a new client interview, customized routine to achieve your goals, Me Coach progress log, access to over 30 exercises, 10 routines, safety guides, one-on-one personal penis training, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So be sure to check out Me Coach by clicking the link in the description below. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode here at the Mask and Health Solutions Podcast. Today, I got a living legend. I got Al AJ Alfaro. Al, how are you today, sir? I'm doing okay. How are you? It's good to be here. Hey, man, I'm doing fantastic. Blessed to have you on the show. And um, thank you. Like we were talking about off air, first thing you know, I want to ask you right off the bat is what got you started down the road of PE? I get that a lot. Uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, when I first started uh, on this voyage, I didn't have the intention of uh, becoming a male enhancement expert. It's kind of like it picked me. Uh, you go back in time, uh, mid-1990s, uh, I was a young guy in my 20s, was looking to become an entrepreneur. So uh, I started getting into the how-to field, you know, how to sell, how to sell information and whatnot. So I, I wrote about what I knew about, which was uh, steroid-free bodybuilding. So I had come up with a course. It worked pretty well. Uh, and in my research during that time, I'd, I'd gotten a bunch of magazines, like bodybuilding magazines, whatnot, and I looked through them. And I noticed that in those magazines, there were uh, a large number of ads for penis related things like penis pumps or penis surgeries and things like that. So I was thinking, I, I thought to myself, what if there were a, uh, I guess a natural solution as opposed to a surgical, even device-based solution uh, to penis enlargement. So I started doing some studying uh, and I used myself as a test subject. There wasn't, there was back then there wasn't too much information on the internet there were there were some things but there, were, there, there wasn't that much especially not as, as much as there is now yeah um so i tested myself uh i did a little research as much research as i could uh and i loved it i mean the feeling i got from this type of training i've done things like kegels before but you know mm-hmm. when, when you start doing things like stretches and jokes and whatnot uh, and just a feeling you get afterwards, just like, oh, like some guys, you know, compared to like a bodybuilding pump, there's a similarity there. It's like, you know, you look down and you see yourself bigger than ever. I mean, and that's, that could be addicting. It was, it was just really fun. It was fun. I loved the process. I was already in great, great physical shape, which I think uh, is missing from most men's routines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can get into that later. 
but you know, thankfully I was in great physical shape back then. Cardiovascular conditioning was never better. Uh, and that helped immensely. It's like everything I did, every, you know, when, when you're in, in great shape, everything you do as regards that works so much better. Uh, so I love the results. And when I started uh, promoting the free program, and back then it was just, it was just a little course. Uh, it was interesting when I started promoting it and I added it as a free bonus to this bodybuilding book. About every 10 emails I got, nine of them were asking about the male enhancement book. So, uh, so I, I was kind of sucked into it, to be honest with you. Uh, and there were some, you know, there were even some times in the, in my career where I almost got out of it and got it into other adventures, but it kind of, it kind of pulls me back in like they say. So, uh, you know, I'm still here today. I'm still helping. Uh, I've been privileged to be able to see a lot of changes, you know, especially during, you know, the early part of the internet and, you know, the, the 1990s going into the 2000s. I, I was witness to there being almost no information to when the forums really got, like the internet forums really got rolling back then. Mm -hmm. It was just an explosion. You had thousands of guys experimenting and adding to the body of knowledge. And then we went from a scenario where there was nothing, almost nothing to now there was just so much information about it uh, that it became confusing, which is one of the reasons why I started the coaching program. Uh, Just to try to get guys off on the right foot when they get, started with their training and for advanced training and, and things of that nature. That's super interesting, man. Cause awesome. it, it does seem like, I mean, we live in the day and age of information, but now it's like, it's been convoluted. Like there's just so much oh. all over the place. So it's like, I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not. <laughs> That's true. Misinformation, disinformation it exists everywhere. It exists everywhere where, with just about every subject. So it, it's, uh, uh, it's important to have really good sources. Uh, but one, one thing I found too, that's very important with this type of training is to take clues from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's really important too is, and, and a lot of guys who are into other types of training will recognize the importance is to keep a journal. You have yeah. to, you, for this type of training, you have any kind of, any type of training you're serious about, you should be keeping a journal. I mean, I know there are some, some people out there who like to freestyle and there, there are some guys who are very advanced and they do their own thing very instinctively and that's fine. But I found that a journal, you know, you can not keep a journal, but you can keep one anyway, you know, keep one anyway, because it, it's, there's no harm in doing so. And if you wanted to look back a year or so into your training and see, you know, how far you've come or what worked better, you know, things like that, you had that data available as opposed to not having it. hundred percent. What are the biggest physiological indicators that you think a lot of guys should be paying attention to? Yeah. One of the stats that I use universally uh, when it comes to training, and it, it's, a, it's a barometer for so many different functions, is erection quality. Erection quality is a term that we give to a combined measure of hardness and stamina. Uh, what you want to do with your training is you want to set up your initial workouts, you know, similar to, to, to gym training in some sense. You, you know, you set up a workout cycle where you're Initial workouts are fairly easy. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to tax you. You know, you're going to the, you're going to come up feeling great. You're going to feel worked, but you know, it's, it's within your capabilities. At that point, you know, as the weeks pass in the beginning of the cycle, your EQ should be going up. You'll have little fluctuations in there, but the overall trend of progress should be upwards. You'll know when you're starting to uh, get to the point to where you're going to need some rest, when your EQ starts to plateau and you want that to happen later in the cycle. It's like peaking for training, for any kind of training where, where you work towards a peak in physical condition, you want to hit that peak uh, towards the end of the cycle. And that's where 
your EQ gains and even your size gains may start to plateau. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's because you're meeting your conditioning requirements. Mm -hmm. And then what normally happens after that is you take like a week off or so, get that deep level of uh, rest and recuperation. You reset the cycle uh, and start the process over again. And, you know, of course, with the objective in the next cycle to hit another peak, a slightly higher peak, hopefully. Uh, and that's how you keep going. But yeah, uh, erection quality is a huge one. Uh, you want to see your erection quality going up uh, over time. Uh, soreness, this type of training is not like other forms of training. And most of it, with the exception of exercises like kegels or whatnot, most of it's passive, you know, you're stretching. Uh, yeah. You don't want to induce pain. Pain is never a good thing with this type of training. The most you should experience, and that's even if you're, that's if you're very advanced, is perhaps uh, a tolerable level of discomfort. Uh, anytime you feel pain, especially sharp pain, never, never try to get into that because there's no need for that. There's no need for that uh, for this type of training. But soreness, uh, if you're anything more than, say, a little bit sore, and if your soreness lasts for about 24 hours, it's a sign of overwork. It's a sign you're just doing a little too much to recover. Uh, spots. Uh, there are little tiny pinpoint bruises that people get. And, and if you've ever lifted weights like heavy deadlifts or whatnot, you probably notice that in your body. That's that's from, from internal pressure, hemodynamic pressure. So uh, if you're doing exercise like jelks or squeezes and you notice a little spot, as long as they're smaller than pinhead size, you know, and they go away in 24 hours, uh, you're good. I wouldn't worry about that. That's, that's probably going to happen. But anything bigger than that, it's a sign you're uh, putting too much pressure. And, and you know, of course, trying to build upon that, you'll you know, you won't allow the spots to dissipate. They just, they just get bigger. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, so, so those are some good ones. Uh, another one that can happen with long-term training is uh, loss of libido. Uh, that's especially if you're ejaculating too frequently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're, when you're training and when you're training, it's important. I, I tell guys this because there, there are some aspects to this training that involve uh, edging exercises, uh, which is, you know, essentially you're simulating sexual activity via controlled masturbation. Uh, which you, should, you definitely shouldn't overdo that. And if you're sexually active, you probably wouldn't need to perform any manual edging anyway. But, uh, uh, you know, another thing that's really, really huge <laughs> that I tell clients uh, as regards training is frivolous ejaculations. You shouldn't be masturbating. Uh, you can have sex, of course. I mean, you, you should. Uh, but if you're having a lot of sexual activity, then you may want to uh, hold back on any kind of manual edging also if you, let's say you're very sexually active let's say you're going through a honeymoon phase you got a partner who is just very sexually active very fit you might even need to take extra time off in between your sessions let's say like normally you train four days a week you might need to cut that back because that you know that sexual activity is very much like training and you know you're, you're yeah. probably not you're not gonna have you're not gonna want to have sex five six hours a day or however long you have it if you go through that and don't want to do uh penis training so you're not gonna you're not only you're not gonna need that you probably won't be able to do it anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, uh, but if you uh, most guys i've talked to in that scenario they're not worried they're not they're not upset that uh, they're having so much sex so they're, they're okay with it no uh, that makes sense but it's kind of like i guess well it's like you said two different stages and it's almost like I've been there too, where it's just like, man, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just overworked at this point, you know, just when you tax the body too much, it almost seems like, you know, it's not going to function the way that you need it to. Yes. And um, one thing I did implement, but give me your take on deacon breaks. How would you recommend taking a deconditioning break? And how long do you recommend taking it for? That's a great, that's a great, uh, that's a great question. Uh, I would say you should take at least one 
good long decon break a year. I recommend two weeks. You know, most for most guys, two weeks is great. Uh, sometimes two, you know, sometimes two decon breaks a year is, is fine. Uh, if you feel like taking more than a couple of weeks, you know, you know, do it. If you know, and, and I think all all training should follow some kind of, uh, you know, some you know even like on a, like an informal yearly cycle where there's part of you know, like you know where there's part of the year where you do maybe you know maybe different things that are fun uh maybe take a step back from what you usually do and that that, that it uh it makes you more excited to get back into the uh the normal rigor you know so yeah uh let's say you know like you know maybe 10 11 months out of the year you're following a routine but for that one month uh you're either taking a break or maybe you're just experimenting with something totally different that you you wanted to but you didn't have time so that you know that would be the time for it uh rest is not a bad thing and and you grow you grow during rest. So uh, I can understand the, the logic that men have thinking that more is better if I just keep training forever, continuously to grow. It doesn't work like that. You have to rest. Uh, and for not only male enhancement, but for other forms of training, I found that, you know, sometimes uh, the best gains will come when you've had a protracted period of rest. I, I can give you an example that's not related to a, a male enhancement, but I remember when I first started uh, weight training, I was a kid, you know, I was 14 when I first uh, I started dabbling in that and I got to the point where I was training five, six days a week. And at that age, you know, I was like, you know, I'm just trying to do bodybuilding routines. And I, I mean, in spite of that, I made some decent progress, but uh, you know, nothing, nothing really spectacular, mostly gains in strength, which is great. But when I was uh, during the summer, uh, when I was 15 going on 16, uh, I hurt myself and I had to take a few weeks off uh, from weight training funny thing happened though uh several weeks later i had added 10 pounds and when i came back and and, and started lifting it's like the, the weights felt like styrofoam like what happened mm-hmm. i was i had gotten the rest <laughs> that i needed i came back you know and i followed that i changed my workout routine and i you know maybe cut the volume by half and i was yeah. finishing my workouts in like you know 45 minutes, which you're supposed to do when it comes to the natural body, you know, you know, natural bodybuilding training, you're supposed to train for hours and hours. It's not good. Yeah. For you. Uh, and I, you know, I, I customized it. It taught me so much, you know, rest is good. Rest is where you allow for not just recuperation, recu- you need to recuperate, but grow. And that's, uh, that's what it's about. And uh, so, you know, a, a decom break once, twice a year, two weeks, maybe a little bit more. That's, uh, that's what seems to work. No, hundred percent. I mean, I took one, um, last year in about August when I was just swamped with work and everything. And it, I think I went, I went for about three weeks, but you're hundred percent right. Like in that time, I found that, you know, what, I didn't really lose any gains per se. And, but more than anything, psychologically, it kind of just, ah, it set me up for like, you know, you, you come back stronger, you come back rested and you come back feeling great, yeah. you know? And that's one of the things that I think everybody kind of needs every now and again, and even for bodybuilding too, it's always recommended. Like, I think it was Ronnie Coleman, even, you know, who's obviously, geared up and all that but he was talking about how he would even take like after a bodybuilding show after four months of hard training he'd take two weeks off you know (laughs) i started and you know it's funny because i started studying up on that when that happened i really started examining the aspects of training where rest was required and that made a huge difference and you know when i was a kid that made a huge difference in my early training i started incorporating layoff breaks which I hadn't done before. And my, you know, my gains just started taking off because you need, you need that rest. Uh, and it's, it's not even just a physical uh, thing. A lot of it's mental. I mean, I'm sure you've been on some routines where you've been doing the same routine for months and you get to the point you're just disgusted. It's like, you don't even want to think yeah. about that routine, but 
you know, something in your head says, well, go to the gym anyway, just do something a little different. And even just changing up, just changing up an exercise, you feel great because it's different. You got the workout in, you know, you even targeted what you wanted to, but you did something a little different. It was fun. And your mind recognized that difference. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you can do that with this type of training as well. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I recommend sticking with a routine for as long as it works. Uh, yeah. And if it doesn't work anymore, I mean, you can tweak things. You can attempt to tweak things. And if that doesn't work, then, you, you know, it's just time for something else. Don't, yeah, don't, don't <laughs> I tell guys, don't get married to a routine because, you know, things will change. You will progress. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, if like, for example, the jelk exercise. Uh, the jelk is such a universal exercise. It's very interesting. I don't, you know, outside of male enhancement, I don't think anyone's even heard of that. You would have tell them about the jelk. <laughs> they, you know, ask you, what is that? You know, but it's a phenomenon to where I will tell guys to perform a routine that doesn't include jelking. And some of them will, they get worried about it. It's like, whoa, no jelking. Hey, but you know, I'm supposed to jelk. And it's like, well, you don't always have to. So one of the, the routines that I like to recommend for advanced guys, I called it the jelk free routine specifically for that because i wanted to emphasize it's a it's a good routine even though there's no jokes in it it's still a good routine and uh-huh. uh, yeah. uh so you know just getting used to trying different things uh, to push your limits uh what i like about the gel free routine is that you use exercises that isolate a specific axis uh, the gel is a great exercise uh and it's very uh useful for different aspects it's, it's a good general exercise i mean uh, it, done the right way, you can add length, you can add girth, you can even improve EQ. Yeah. Uh, and the first time I ever read about the jelk exercise, it was before I had gotten on the internet. I think it was 19 years old, but it was in a in a book on sexual fitness, and this book was describing the exercise. They didn't even call it the jelk; they called it a milking movement, and they were recommending it. Uh, for men who had moderate levels of ED. It's like you you milked the penis to train it to become erect, to shunt more blood into it. Yep. Uh, so it was, they weren't even discussing it as an enlargement movement, but I remember reading about it. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's interesting. It's interesting how long that uh, exercise has been around in some form or another. And you know what? When it comes to the gel too, the thing is, initially when I tried it, and uh, I, I was doing like, like I always go back to JP's 90-day program, and um, but man, I found that like, I was, I guess, how old was I? I was like 22, 23, maybe younger. But for me at that age, combining that with Jelly Man, my EQ was like, ah, oh, man, it, it was horrible because it was just hard all the time. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> or, you know, then I would try to end the session with like an, a, a never ending edge session. And half the time, you know, I was ejaculating afterwards. I'm like, oh, man, you know, it's like, there, there was almost no control it was just almost too much like too powerful you know at that age but now i, I <laughs> see the purpose of it you know if you're a little bit older and stuff you know and even i'm 33 now but now it just kind of helps again to just restore that rigidity and, and kind of that vigor that you had when you were younger yeah. and that, that forest yeah. wise yeah <laughs> that forced tissue expansion that's what's necessary you're not going to uh make gains in size unless you get that deep tissue expansion and of course the best way to get that is to jack up your eq as high as possible so that everything you do with your male enhancement training is, is just pushed to its limits yeah. and, and even for stretching i mean you, you know i know a lot of guys don't regard eq as being very important for stretches 
but they are because you still have the recovery factor. You know, you still have blood flow. You still have, uh, and there's still tissue expansion. When you're stretching the penis, you're not just stretching that uh, suspensory ligament. You're also attempting to stretch the shaft itself. And yeah, uh, you know, of course, ex- you know, anytime you've had a, a rock hard, whether you call it a skin splitting erection, you're going to feel it not just girth wise, but lengthwise. So you yeah. want that every time you train. You want what we call that skin splitting erection, where like that erection feels like it's so. Uh, hard and you know like, like a steel pipe you know if you can induce that every time you train you're going to force gains you can't not gain in doing that that's 100 percent true because it's almost like i was reading about um megaphallus and people that suffer from sickle cell oh, anemia yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was talking about that that you know for for the guys that would achieve megaphallus it was almost because they had those skin tearing erections that were like you know into another level and because of that, it kind of just forced the expansion. It forced it to grow entirely, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the thing with PE too that I noticed. It's almost like I want to emulate that, right? And, you know, just kind of force it to just grow, right? And I, I can't do it if I'm doing, you know, a half-assed workout or, you know, just kind of floppy the whole time, <laughs> you no. know? It, it is interesting about that, that phenomenon. I remember when, uh, when we started talking about in the forums. And again, that's in the late 1990s. And I, I wrote about megalophallus. I was very careful to tell guys, you know, even with a warning, I said, before you read this, don't take this as an instruction manual. Because I had, you know, inevitably you would have guys say, hey, how do we, how do we induce priapism? You don't want priapism. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, what you can do is you can mimic under very controlled conditions yes. some of what is experienced during that, which is, of course, that forced tissue expansion, that very, you know, very uh, powerful flow of blood coming in the penis. You know, you can attempt to duplicate those type of conditions under very controlled and safe uh, scenarios. Yeah, you, you know, priapism is not something you want to do. No. Most of the most guys who get priapism don't get megalophallus. Most guys who no. get priapism and who leave it untreated have very nasty uh, side effects. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and they, they, to my understanding, when someone has a priapism, it doesn't go away. I mean, the treatments can range from cold water enemas to draining Ugh. the blood out of the penis with a <laughs> syringe. So again, that's don't play with that kind of stuff. Don't play with that. You know, uh, try to do things the healthy way so that uh, you don't hurt yourself. You know, so you, you can train. So you can train the next day and not be in the hospital. Well, that's the thing is that I was reading about a bunch of young kids and they were taking Viagra and they weren't doing specifically for that reason, but you know, they're just, yeah, I'm going to take this and you know, it's going to be bigger, better, whatever. And long story short, some of them got ED just cause like they fried it up and they had Venus pooling and they were too scared to go to their parents, too scared to do anything about it. So it's just kind of like all that, there was no circulation. Right. And it just kind of numbed everything. And I'm like, dear Lord, man, like, so no, I mean I, I never recommend that stuff, and I think priapism is something that you should avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, avoid priapism. Yeah. yeah, but when starting a program, um, Al, what, what is it that you usually try to go with? Like, what's a foundational way? Because I know everybody's different, and depending on what their goals may be, what is it? Um, how would you kind of base your programs around? Like, is it mostly a manual thing? Do you use extenders? Like, how would you go about it? Yeah. Uh, well, what I like to try to start guys off on are pure manual routines. And that's for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, I think the last thing someone wants to do, you know, what wants to hear when they sign up for a course is, well, now you got to spend more money. Exactly. So by keeping things to manual training, you know, as long as you have hands, uh, you can train. 
So that's one of the reasons why. Also, the you know there has yet to be a device invented that can match the versatility of the human hand. So I mean, there's so many different things you can use, you know, do with your hand. There are some advantages of devices, like for example, hanging. If yeah. you if you hang with two pounds, you know you're going to get two pounds every time you hang. Whereas when you're pulling, you don't know quite what you're going to get. So there are there are pros and cons to uh, each method. But I like starting off with manuals because they're easy. Uh, you know, you, you're not bothered by having to buy more equipment, uh, and you, you know you can use it at any time. You don't need to really prep for it. You don't you, know, you, you wash your hands and you're done. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but as far as how someone starts, a lot of that will depend on. Uh, the response to what I call it. When, when I have a client sign up, uh, the first thing they're instructed to do is to fill out a new client interview. And that interview, they ask, you know, questions on their experience levels, even on their fitness and whatnot, because that's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how they start off will be dependent on what they're looking to do uh, and their current level of training experience, if any, and uh, physical condition. Uh, now, of course, you know, with what I do, the, the scope is limited uh, mostly to just male enhancement stuff. Uh, although when it comes to getting maximum results, I urge guys to make sure they're doing stuff outside of, male, of their male enhancement training to make that possible. And the best thing you can do, and I get asked this a lot, the best type of training you can perform uh, in conjunction with a male enhancement workout. And I always, I always go to cardiovascular training. I know a lot of us don't like cardio or whatnot, but <laughs> the, the penis runs on blood. If you have a very strong heart, you're going to uh, have a lot easier time maintaining erections, maintaining, yeah. uh, you know, all of that with uh, a high uh, uh, level of cardiovascular development. And, and, you know, when I was, when I first started training, you know, and, and at that time I was, I was in the military, you know, as a soldier. So, I mean, uh, I was assigned to a unit where we did a lot of cardiovascular activity. And, you know, I, I even back then with my training, I, I didn't love cardio, but I couldn't deny the effects. I mean, you know, I was at a very <laughs> low body weight, but also, and even though I was trying to go for muscle gains, I didn't like that too much. But the fact was that the sexual side effects is like, it's incredible. I mean, you know, early, you know, early mid twenties, high levels of testosterone, uh, superb. Uh, aerobic conditioning i mean you can't beat that <laughs> you yeah. know, you're, you're, so it's like anything you do in that scenario is going to be really good as opposed to if you have one of those things missing i mean you know you can't do much about age that doesn't mean that if you're older you can't make gains uh, but mm-hmm. understand you may not have quite the vigor you did in your 20s now that doesn't mean you can't improve it just means you have to uh, perhaps adjust your expectations and i could be wrong because there's some guys out there in their 50s who perform like 20 years so it really has to do uh, with not forgetting those those foundational things, you know. And most athletes, you know, you know, uh, I have kids now who are into athletic things, and, and a lot of people want to find out secrets. You know, what's the secret to this? Yeah. And the fact of the matter <laughs> is that much of what your success depends upon with this type of training and others are those boring foundational things. You know, yep. high EQ. How do you get high EQ? I mean, you could train kegels, you could train edging, whatnot, but you're not going to get a very strong heart line on your back. You're not going to do that. If you want to strengthen your heart, you need to be, you know, vigorous activity. And, and it's one of the reasons why I tell guys too, if you're very sexually active and you have a very fit uh, sexual partner, that's a workout. Yep. <laughs> and if you, you get with someone who has that uh, level of physical conditioning and you don't, 
uh, guess what's going to happen after uh, after some time? You know, and then your heart starts pumping, and you know you can't keep up. You start breathing really hard because you, it's, a, it's aerobic. It's an aerobic session, and if that starts happening, your penis is not going to be able to keep up. So uh, you know, you, you the best option would be to try to do what you can to uh, prevent that from happening. So you prevent that from happening by developing a uh, high level of cardio. And, you know, so I, I understand most guys, you know, we, we don't want to be triathletes. We don't want to be marathon. That's fine. You don't have to be. But if you do get yourself to a high level of cardiovascular fitness, it's going to improve your results drastically as opposed to not doing it. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's just no way around that. That's that's something that, you know, again, I can give you the best routine. Uh, you can follow your diet and get. But if your physical foundation is not good. You're going to have problems. It's like trying to build a house out of, uh, you know, wet mud. You need that foundation. You need it. A hundred percent, man. And that's kind of the one thing that I tell guys too, because they ask me, they're like, hey, man, you know, is there a magical pill, whatever? And one thing I always go into is like my story where I, I always tell them, I'm like, hey, man, you know, when I first started this, guess what, man? I bought these pills. They were 500 bucks. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> And they call me good, man. But the one thing that I did get out of it was the extender. And that extender was what actually helped me to kind of make gains. And I was like, wait a minute, there's some truth to this. Like, and, and that's yeah. what set everything else apart. Cause I was like, however, the one thing about using the extender, it was, it was a clunky extender. It wasn't very comfortable, but that being said, it's just kind of like, if I didn't put the work in, if I didn't strap the thing in, if I didn't use it, I wouldn't go anywhere. Right. And it kind of just came into having that mindset of like, you know what, you have to put in the work, you know, and everything is connected in the body. Cause oh, yeah. you know, like if you're not in shape, you're going to feel it, man. You're going to feel it. It's going to feel completely different. <laughs> and I've been there. And I mean, the one thing that I was just reading recently about was like type two diabetes and how circulation is not the greatest. Right. So because of that, your toes and your penis, you know, may not get as much blood as it needs. And because of that, you may have to amputate the toes. And for Oof. the penis, it'll start to atrophy a little bit. And, you know, obviously, rectal quality will suffer along with, you know, giving you rectal difficulties. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that comes into play. And, and I'm glad you mentioned extenders because devices are, I mean, I do uh, recommend them in certain cases, especially if you've been doing manuals for a while and you want to try something different or, or, or you just want to go in that direction. Uh Interesting that extenders, there's not much in the mainstream uh, when it comes to uh, male enhancement. You can imagine, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's an industry based thing. And if, you know, there's not billions of dollars, <laughs> you know, but what is interesting, though, is that the research that there is, uh, even in places like PubMed.gov and, and you know, the literature actually talks about yeah, the journal gains urology. made with extenders. It's mm -hmm. documented gains made with extenders. But what's, and I think extenders are good. Uh, no, normally, what I would recommend is this. If you're going to, there's like a hierarchy, at least in my opinion, when it comes to devices. Uh, if you had to ask me what, if, if you had to go with a device, uh, what would you pick first? I would go with a pump. So why? I mean, because uh, pumping addresses everything. It addresses length. It addresses girth. It can help you with your EQ. Uh, it's fun to use. Uh, if you if you get conditioned enough, you can see awesome expansion just within a session. So, so those those are all good reasons. Uh, hanging would be the next immediate uh, item on the on the list. Uh, hanging awesome for length. Uh, I'm not gonna say it doesn't do anything for girth, but you know the focus isn't. Uh, 
on girth with hanging its length. So, you know, you yeah. get precision there. Hanging can also, you can vary it. I mean, you can use very light weights for a long time, or you can use relatively heavy weights for, for shorter training sessions. Uh, extenders are good in that, uh, you know, for, for guys who seem to get better results with, uh, higher volume, lower intensity routines. And they, they're out there. There are guys out there who don't make gains doing anything else, but when they do things like extender work or all day stretches, then they start making gains. So, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I know it shouldn't be, and you know, but like, if you're familiar with working out, some guys will do radically yes. different workouts. Yes. Uh, it shouldn't, you know, you'd think, well, muscle fibers or, or, or in this case, fasty or whatnot, uh, you know, soft, you know, like a smooth muscle tissue, you know, shouldn't it all react the same? It should. In a perfect world, it should. In a perfect world, everyone does the same thing and, and they get the same results, but reality is very different. So there, there are some guys who extenders work very well for, especially for their lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but how you use it is very important. It, it has to be used in a initially prudent and then uh, a progressive manner. You have to keep trying to uh, push those limits every day. You know, it's, you know, even if it's just a little bit, and that, that's one of the things that I recommend to clients is like, you know, when, when I recommend rep increases, like, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like add one rep per session. It's like one rep, you know, it is, you know, and it doesn't sound like much, but over the weeks, you know, over the weeks that builds, it's like compound interest. Uh, yeah. You don't want, you don't want to add, you know, it's like working out. If you went in and, and you could say bench press hundred pounds, I wouldn't tell you, well, tomorrow when you come in, let's try 150. You, know, you can barely do hundred. No. Yeah. No, I trade, I'll tell you maybe, you know, one Oh two and a half or something like that, you know, just yeah. little tiny increases. That's how you do it. Well, that's kind of the same approach that I have as well, because I think the way I see it, too, it's like always reach for that low hanging fruit and then progress your way up. And it's the same deal as working out. And I always bring up the same analogies because it's true. It's like you wait till you plateau and then you level up, but you don't necessarily need to be like, OK, you know what? Today I bench 300 pounds. Tomorrow I'm going to bench 400 pounds. Like it doesn't work like that. It's always super progressive, like progressive overload is all about that. It's all about, but it's about doing it in a way that makes sense and in a way that you avoid injury too, because that's the other thing that you'll see. I don't know. I, I, I imagine you've probably seen on the forums and stuff too, where a guy just kind of overdoes it and he goes from like five pounds to 10 pounds and hanging. And oh, it's like, dude, that's a bad idea. Stuff, yeah. Or, or, you know, buddy starts to get blisters in, in his glands and that. And I've seen a couple of guys too, like that I've been just been talking to. And I'm just like, well, you know, you got to vary it up and you got to make sure that you take the right protective measures, too. But you can't just dude. you just can't go from one extreme to the other. No, <laughs> you know, no, no, you ease into it. And that's what I, told, I said, look, and I told guys that you want those initial sessions to be easy. You're, you're yeah. testing things out. And, and, the, and the thing that should be paramount is technique, form of the exercise. You know, this isn't. I understand like in weight training, like even in powerlifting, you know, lifting a little loose with a little loose form, that's, that's not bad, but you don't want to use loose form when it comes to penis training. You don't, you definitely don't want to overdo. Yeah. I, I mean, I see that. I see, you know, with weight hanging or pumping or even simple exercise, you see guys that get on there and they do 10 minutes of joking. It's like, I never joke before. I do 10 minutes of joking. Why does my penis hurt? Or why you did 10 minutes of something you've never done before? You know, I, yeah. I to start off with like, so for 40 reps, 40 reps will take you like a minute to do it very light. You know, again, and it's the initial workouts. You're not going to be, you shouldn't be challenged by your initial workouts. You should be uh, using those initial workouts to uh, work on things like technique and to establish a good baseline where you start from, you know, that's, that's who you set the stage. You know, it's like maybe like the first few days of training, 
It's like, well, you're testing things out and you always err on the side of caution. So, you know, yeah. that way, look, you can always add, you can, you know, if this workout wasn't that good because it wasn't hard enough. You know what? The next workout, you add a little bit more, but you can't take away. If you've overdone it with a workout, you can't go to your next workout. I'm going to do negative weight. No, <laughs> you've already, the, the damage has been done. Now you have to rest. Now you got to recuperate. Uh, so, you know, always starting off erring on the side of caution. And I know that's boring for people, you know, because everyone wants to, well, I want it now. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> if you don't prepare, uh, then not only are you not going to get, you know, best case scenario, you don't make the quality of gains that you could because you, you, you know, you, you're not training correctly. Worst case scenario, you get hurt. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, I tell guys all the time that too, because they'll ask me like, Hey man, how, how soon is it going to take for me to make gains? And I'm like, bro, don't, don't think about, don't, don't look at it like that. I almost look at it more like it's going to be a journey and you're going to make gains along the way. And these gains aren't going to be overnight because they just aren't like uh, I'd, you'd be hard pressed to find a dude that's not going through puberty. That's going to go and put 20 pounds of muscle on at the gym. It's just not going to happen, you know, or, or, or get into spectacular shape and increases VO2 max overnight. It's something progressive. And that's the one thing I always preach about, too, where it's a lot of people want to make the gains instantaneously. And I'm like, well, if that's a road you want to go down, I'm like, there's surgery. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah, but, I, and, and yeah and, and i tell guys too i said you know because sometimes I like to take two conservative approaches like well it's going to take me years and years and years it doesn't have to be that way either you know i mean yeah you know, if you train correctly uh and you put certain things first the things that most of us don't want to which is again you know conditioning that's yes you can't you cannot technique your way out of conditioning you know if you're if your eq is at a 10 Try to get it at a 10 plus, you know, uh, I tell guys this when, and I have guys who come to me and like, you know, they're, you know, I, I give them stamina work to do and they'll say, well, I don't need stamina work because, you know, my sexual performance is fine. I said, it's fine. I said, but for the purposes of enlargement training, you have to go, when it comes to EQ, you have to go above and beyond what you think you'd need for even spectacular sexual performance that you have to keep raising the bar on EQ because that is the engine that drives growth. And I know that that's, a lot of guys see EQ training as like, you know, something they kind of throw on at the end of a workout. You know, it's like, I don't have to do it, but, I'll, you know, it's not yeah. realizing that that is a very fundamental part of uh, the workout. You know, you, you can do stretching and whatnot, but if you don't have EQ, you're going to have you're going to have problems making gains. There's no way around that. Yeah, I, I don't see that. I don't see, you know, this is coming from someone who trains, you know, lots and lots of guys. And the, the one consistent thing is if the EQ improves or the EQ is very high already, you, you almost always going to see really good results as compared to the opposite. I, I guess the most dramatic results you see is, and from my experience is that you'll see guys who come in in not very good shape, but then over the course of weeks, you know, your EQ starts to improve a lot. That's when they start making, that's when you start seeing the gains at the same time. Usually when you see a, a, a good rise in EQ, you'll almost notice a good rise in, uh, in measurements as well. That's interesting. Could you tell us a little bit about um, like a success, uh, like a client story about somebody that might have come in, you know, he's kind of lackluster and how you kind of helped him get into or basically make make the gains that he wanted or, or you know, really get into that next level? Sure. Uh, one of the things that we, we haven't touched on this that much, but this is also a very important part of it uh, is a psychological aspect of training so i would say some of the most impressive will come from guys who uh come to me because they have 
performance concerns. And in most cases, uh, those performance concerns are uh, psychogenic in nature. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I don't give medical advice on that, but yeah. there's a lot of data available. Uh, and, and you can even, you can you ask these men, you know, what their experiences are and what, uh, what they're feeling, uh, you know, during these encounters that lead them to believe that there's problems. And it's a, you know, you ask these guys their questions like, uh, you know, are you still getting morning wood and whatnot and things like that. Most of these guys, there's nothing wrong with them physically. It's, you know, it's, it's that mental perspective, you know, the way they see themselves, uh, you know, uh, and tackling that is is one of the ways to see improvement uh, you you know if you if you go into training or sexual performance uh, and your mindset is one where you're anxious or you're nervous or, or upset or whatnot your penis is not going to work at its best you know your, your penis is a, a, an organ that uh, doesn't like conflict so to speak uh, you know you want to be comfortable you want to be relaxed and, and that's one of the things i tell guys when they when they first start training in in conjunction with their stamina training i there's an exercise called emotional visualization exercise where before you even start training leading up to it, you want to set that emotional backdrop to one where you are feeling unencumbered you want to be confident and i tell these guys even if your workout performance is not satisfactory if you go into your training with that relaxed mindset, you're going to have a much better time and it's going to be easier for you. And for some guys who, if, like for guys who have porn addiction or some guys who have issues, it's like, and I tell them, I said, there's, or let's say they've, you know, from excess masturbation, they've, they've conditioned themselves poorly. I said, you know, it's going to take a, a couple of weeks probably to transition. And during that transition period, the best thing you can do is accept that your performance during training is probably not going to be what you like, but as long as you can accept that mm -hmm. and put those feelings of, of frustration aside and just attempt to focus on, on those emotional visualization exercises, you start creating and you start creating that conditioning. It's not just physical, it's, it's that mental, emotional conditioning. Something will click along the way. And then you, you know, you won't have to start practicing as hard to induce those emotions. And guess what will start to happen? That's when you see these guys have these turnarounds. I often see it. It's like, sometimes it's like, you know, going into it, it takes a couple weeks. Like, you know, by, by week two, it's like these guys have a breakthrough. It's like, hey, I wanted to work out today and I didn't have to focus. It just came to me naturally. And the workout went so well. And that's when you start seeing, you know, that, that uh, I guess, breaking through that particular plateau. Yeah. And, uh, those to me are the most satisfying. Look, I mean, I, I think it's great when guys make size gains or whatnot, but when you have a guy who, who, who comes to you and he hasn't been able to perform or he's been scared to do it. And, you know, a year later, you're talking to this guy and he's engaged to be married and he's happy and he's, you know, he's living life to the fullest. He's like, you know, I've, you know, he's like, you know, I have complete sexual confidence. That is, uh, that is what makes it worth it. Yeah. And, well, it's, it's that satisfaction. I mean, kind of just helping somebody along that journey where it's like from seeing something as being impossible to all of a sudden like, hey, you know what? This is my reality now. Well, yeah, we, we live in very fertile times for that because, I mean, you know, I think in no other time in history have we had so many luxuries and information and yet probably no, you know, we're more miserable than ever as a whole. And, you know, we, we need to challenge ourselves. Humans are creatures. We need to challenge ourselves. If we... If we are not challenged, uh, you know, we, we grow weak. I mean, that's, you know, not just physically and mentally. So yeah. having something 
to sharpen your blade against like they like they say is is always a good thing a hundred percent man tell us more about me coach and where we can find you I appreciate that. Yeah, okay. I have a service. It's at uh, maleenhancementcoach.com. Uh, this service, uh, I provide coaching to it. And uh, essentially what, what happens is uh, someone, they go to the site. I recommend they read through everything. Uh, and I'll say this up front because <laughs> I, I know that, I, you know, yes, I, I'm a coach and uh, this is my profession. But I was listening. If you have doubts, do your research first, you know, uh, mm-hmm. do your research if I have any, you know, any potential clients, I want them to come to me when they're ready to train. Uh, I mean, I, I'd be happy to answer any questions beforehand. Uh, but uh, so what happens is a client will sign up and they will be instructed to fill out a new client interview. It's, it's essentially a questionnaire. And then based on uh, those responses, that's what starts the consult. And either I will uh, supply routine then or I'll contact the client if I have any, you know, if, if some things require a little more clarity. Uh, yeah. But I'll use a premium service that we have as an example. With a premium service clients, uh, they get access to weekly calls if they want to, weekly chats. Uh, it's also an accelerated kind of program. Uh, it's like if you want the no-nonsense approach, you know, you, you sign up for the premium service, you're going to get, you know, very strict uh, guidance on how things work. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, you, you're instru- in the uh, members area, there's a uh, written video and pictorial exercise descriptions, there's routines, of course. Uh, but the feature of the coaching is the coaching itself. You know, the, the, the content is great, but it's the coaching that matters. Uh, and my goal is to help clients not only reach their goals, but to transcend their limitations. And that's what the coaching service is about. Tailor made program, which is I'm always that's what I always, you know, I, that's what I got a heart on about, you know, it's a, <laughs> cause straight up, man, I'm like, if you don't have that, that's kind of where things will, you know, kind of change. And that's kind of what I always talk about when you get coaching and the specificity involved in that is that, Hey, it's something catered or tailor-made for you. Right. And that's, that's where you make a difference. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of people would probably accelerate their gains instead of going on the internet, trying to collect everything by themselves. You know, it's like, hey, wait a minute, I could just talk to an expert who's been there, done that and been doing this for, I don't know, 20 plus years. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. And, I, you know, it's like uh, I've been asked, uh, you know, what's coaching service about? I say, well, it's, it's you know, kind of like what I explained, but it's uh, it would be this. It's like a personal trainer. It's like, you know, you have some people who want personal training for working out, you know, it's, you know, for for weights or for martial arts. Whatever. It's the same kind. Well, you know, why does anyone seek out a personal trainer to accelerate the learning curve? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, Al, it's been a blessing. I know you do got to leave early today, so I'll let you, you know, head out. But any other things you want to add to today's episode, man? I just really thank you for having me on and uh, perhaps we could do this again. I liked it a lot. Thank you. A hundred percent, man. I got more questions. (laughs) All right. We can set something up soon. All right. For sure, man. Thank you, brother. All right. Later, guys. And we'll see you in the next episode. I'm not going to